Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, this is the time for the Word of God. And Father, I just pray right now that your Word will find its entrance into the heart of every hearer. I pray, Lord God, that you will not only challenge, but you will also comfort each and every person that hear my voice tonight in Jesus' name. And if you're out there, you agree and say, Amen. Well, whenever Pastor Harold and the pastors talk about the series that we're in, Stop That Man From, my heart first of all goes to one man because I love the book of Jonah. And therefore, my title tonight is Stop That Man From Running Away. Stop that man from running away. And of course, we know it is God that is trying to stop him from running away. So this runaway prophet is an amazing person, and we really have so much to learn from him. There's irony in here, and there's, there's even comedy in here, and there's, there's serious moments in here. But there is something that he had. He had a message to take to the people, and it was a message of the love of God and the forgiveness of God. So my dear brother and sister, I want to get into it tonight and talk to you about the forgiveness of God. You know that when Jesus died on that cross, cross, he worked a complete work by the love of God for the forgiveness of our sins. And the crux of the book of Noah is exactly this. Take this message of love and forgiveness to people that actually don't even deserve it. You know, there are people out there, and you might know them, that do not, in our opinion, deserve to be saved. Yet, we have to take the message of love and forgiveness to them also. And Pastor George this morning spoke so beautifully about it when he said, God's going to make us fishers of men, and we're going to get this job done for the Lord. We just recently celebrated Passover. And with the Passover, of course, we remember the crucifixion of Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. But do you know that the last words anybody speak is so important? The last words that a person speak is, is, is something we have to take a serious uh, uh, um, attention to and take knowledge of that. And Jesus had seven words from the cross. He spoke seven times from the cross. And in the, in the seven words, as they say, he spoke from the cross. The first one is about forgiveness. We know that he said in Luke 23, verse 24, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Who are the them that he is referring to here? He, he looked across the audience, and he might have seen the soldiers that... Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, cast lots for his clothes or that nailed his hands and feet to the cross. We might even see, uh, you know, the, the uh, people that uh, orchestrated this whole crucifixion, the officials. There were many people that he had to forgive. Maybe, Joan, uh, maybe uh, Judas was somewhere there in the shadows hiding away. And so we can go on. Uh, maybe he even had to, to deal with the disciples that abandoned him. But you know, there was someone else that he had in mind, and that was you and I. He had you and I, you and me, on that cross uh, in mind when he said, Father, forgive them, 
forgive you that are watching me right now. And immediately you think right now, do you want to say to me that I need to be forgiven? Am I a great sinner? I'm a good person. Yes, that might be true. But I can say this to you, that if Paul, the most successful Christian of all time, if he said, I am the chief of sinners, then we can surely acknowledge that we need forgiveness too. You know, we read in the First uh, Timothy 1 verse 15, there is a scripture here in the Living Bible, and it is wrong because it says that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I was the greatest of them. No, not was, because the New King James get it right. He says, I am the chief of sinners. My brother and sister, we needed the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We needed the love of Jesus Christ. And so it is that you need the love of Jesus Christ tonight. Rembrandt had an amazing uh, uh, painting that he uh, um, uh, commissioned, actually, it was for Prince Frederick of Orange. And uh, that was in about 1633. I'm going to ask them to put on this painting for you on the screen right now so that you can actually look at this. He painted himself twice into this picture, into this painting called The Raising of the Cross. We see in this that he, uh, the first place we see him is right in the center. It's like there's a spotlight around him. And we see the frown on his brow. We see his lips drawn back in pain. We see his hands clasping and, you know, just grasping basically the, uh, the cross at the back. We see a second picture of him where he painted himself in the background. And it is rare that an artist would paint himself twice into a painting like this. So the second one is, he is looking straight into your and my eyes. He even extends a little cross, and it, it is like there is an accusing in his eyes, saying, you that are watching this painting right now, you are guilty also of this crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see him clasping and grabbing hold of that cross and helping to lift it up. We see another person in the background with kind of modern clothes. That might be you and I. And then he paints himself with those accusing eyes, holding out the cross and saying, you need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ also. So now you can take that picture off and you can go and find it again later to take a good look at it. It's called the raising of the cross. But the message of that painting is so absolutely important. Repent and receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. My dear brother and sister, you need the forgiveness, and I need the forgiveness. But there are people out there that need the forgiveness and need to understand that they need to repent. And it is to those people that God sends us with a commission also. There is a general call and a specific call. And the general call is to come and receive salvation. Matthew 9 verse 13, Jesus said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. There is a come and receive repentance, but there is a go. And one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible is Matthew 28 verse 19 and 20. 
Go therefore. Go therefore. To who is that? To you and to me. Go therefore. And do what? Make disciples. As you are going, be making disciples. It's a continuous thing in the Greek. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teaching them to do what? To obey all the commands that I have given you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We see that God wants you and me to go. And so it is that there is a commission, a command, and we can never escape it. It is there for you and for me. Acts 26 verse 18, we see, to open the eyes of the blind. And we see in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness. That's the crux of the whole gospel. Jonah had it. We have it. We've got to take the message out to the lost out there. And then there is a specific call. I do not know about you, but I have received a specific call in my life. And I can never run away from it. You can never run away from it. The Bible is full of individuals, oh, starting with Adam and Abraham and Noah and David and the prophets. And so we can go on. But Jonah had a specific call from the Lord. The first thing we see about Jonah, it's not the story of Jonah. It is that he was a real person. He was a prophet to his people. But God called him then to go to Nineveh and to speak to them. He was the son of uh, uh, Amittai. Uh, um, and his mother, according to legend, was the, the widow of Zarephath. Can you imagine that? And they say that Jonah was, according to legend, the young boy that was raised from the dead by Elijah. We think that Elijah was his mentor. We also know that he knew that God was a wonderful, loving, forgiving, righteous God. That is why he probably thought, if God gives me this assignment to go, I will most probably run away from it. Some possible reasons he ran away. The first is, he looked at this uh, group of people, uh, the enemy, the, well, they were a wicked enemy of the children of God. In our mind, it would be those people that we say, never, I don't want those people uh, to be saved, Father. Anybody else, but not them. So here we have them, that Jonah thought to himself, if God saves those people, and my own backslidden people, my nation, who were very comfortable in their sin during that time, if they are uh, receive the Lord, and we do not, then how would I look? How would my people look? Also, the accusing demons could have said, ha ha, you know, uh, those people responded, and your own people does not even listen to you. And of course, then a prophet that prophesied, and his prophecy did not come out, could be killed. It was a very, very serious matter. So here we have Jonah getting a command from the Lord to go. But he's running away. And who is the one that is trying to stop him from running away? It is God. Who is the one that is trying to stop you from running away? It is God. God will create a perfect set of circumstances uh, to bring you back. He will set in motion a series of events to br bring you back. 
and to draw you back to himself. Now let's look at the story. If you have a Bible, you can open it in Jonah chapter number 1 verse 1. The word of the Lord comes and I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to just skim over it and give you the highlights. But God says to him, arise and go. Arise and go. He needed to arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. So he had an assignment from God. Also, we see then in verse 3 that Jonah did the opposite. He did go, but he went into the opposite direction. Instead of going to Nineveh, he went to Tarshish. He took a sh ship there, and he went down to the ship. And then in the ship, he went down to the bottom parts. And then he went even lower down, and he lay down to sleep in the ship. We see that a storm arose. This storm was a serious storm. We find that uh, the ship was about to be destroyed completely. They threw the cargo overboard, and we see they begin to call upon him, say to him, Jonah, pray to your God. Pray to your God that he will uh, uh, just save us in all of this. Maybe you're in a storm today, and I'm going to talk about that just now. But you need to understand that they still tried to save the boat. They rowed as hard as they could, and they, they were trying to get this thing, this story sorted out. Sometimes we try so hard to get things sorted out. But they did something. They said to Jonah, call on your God. Why? Because their gods were not helping at all. And then we see that uh, eventually Jonah was in a place that they said to him, what shall we do? And listen to this. This is so ironic. Instead of him jumping overboard, he had the audacity to say, pick me up and throw me overboard. I, uh, uh. You know, when you're out of the will of God, when you're running away from God, all rationale goes. And you act very strange. And we see here in verse 14, they cried out to the Lord. Now the mariners, the sailors, they cry out to the Lord. And they say, Lord, have mercy on us and help us and save us. Still they did not want to throw Jonah overboard. They still wanted to save him. They did not want innocent blood on their hands. You know, when we're in a storm, we act strange sometimes. And I'm thinking of people right now that is in a storm. You might act completely irrational, but there is a God that will speak to you today and show you the way out of the storm. So here we have it, that the Lord prepared a great fish. And this fish, we always say it's a whale because it's the only fish that makes sense. But I think it was a real fish. And it was a huge fish that God called. Now we have it here that he said, God said to him, arise. Arise means to get up and go. It means to go upward and forward. Jonah was called to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was a terrible place. Uh, they were the cruelest, the most wicked of all the enemies. This city was a city of about 120,000 people. Um, it had a wall around it that, that signified the strength of the city. It was so wide that four chariots could, chariots, uh, could be side by side on this wall. Uh, it was between 15 and 30 meters high. It had 15 gates. It was 15 kilometers long. Three moats around it. What a city. And Jonah had to go to the city and speak against it. But he was careless. He did not really care about them. His whole attitude said, God, I actually don't want those people to be saved. 
We don't have a choice, brother and sister. The Great Commission is for you and I, and we need to become obedient to that. So why did God send him to Nineveh now? Because they had two plagues recently at that time. Imagine two things that you're negotiating at the same time, this corona thing and another one that is impacting our lives in a similar way. And they had a solar eclipse. These people were right to receive the salvation, the forgiveness of the Lord and to repent. There are people out there right now ready to repent. They're in a corner, they're in a watery grave and they do not know how to get out of it. They're like in a prison, but there is a way out of it. So instead of going 800 kilometers approximately to Nineveh, he embarked on a journey 3,000 plus minus kilometers in the opposite direction. Running away from God will not only affect you, but it will affect each and every person around you also. I'm telling you right now, it is not only your disobedience that God will have to deal with, but people around you will be affected because of this storm. Yes, it's uncomfortable. I had to look in the mirror of Jonah's book and to see myself there and say, am I in full obedience to God? What was the cause of all of this? He's disobedience. There is a way away from God, and it might be a nice ride away from Him, but I want to tell you, watch out, that the way back is not maybe in a watery tomb, in a prison, the belly of a fish. Don't run away. Run to God. If God says, arise, go, it means to go up. But what did He do? He went down to Joppa, he went down to Tarshish, he went down to the ship, he went down in the ship, he went down to lay down in the ship, then he was thrown overboard down into the sea, down into the belly of a well. If you're disobedient, the only way is down. But obedience is the way up. And that is what we need to do. Remember I said, if you're disobedient, not only you are affected, but everybody around you is affected. And if you're obedient, it's not only you that are blessed, but those around you will be blessed also. Disobedience will take you down. Obedience will always take you up. This man knew that he could not run from the Lord. You know, Second Chronicles 69, I preached about that recently. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout all the earth to show himself strong on behalf whose heart is loyal towards him. Is your heart loyal towards him? God has his eye on you, even in the storm, even if that is a storm of disobedience. Psalm 139, verse 7 to 10. Where shall I run from the Lord? You cannot go. And there is a whole list. You can go and read it for yourself. You cannot escape God, my brother and sister. There is only one way. Be obedient and fulfill the great commission. Imagine what will happen if everybody that hear my voice right now say, Yes, Lord, I'll arise and go. Was he in the perfect will of God? No, he was in the permissible will of God. Are we in the perfect will of God today? Only you will know. But even in the permissible will of God, God still used him to get to the sailors. And they called on the true God and God saved them. Nineveh called on the true God, and God saved them. If we call upon the Lord today, He will come through for us. So, 
Some of God's people are running away right now. And the only way out is to repent. A meaning, turn around. Ask God to forgive you. John 8.32 And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Choose truth today. Choose to be obedient today. You that sit there in your mind is maybe now wandering off. I speak to you, and I say, choose truth. Repent, and come back to God. This is His call for you. Then He will make you not a Jonah running away from God, but an obedient Jonah going to God and getting the job done. This is very serious. Is there a storm in your life today? I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you as Pastor Harold looked you in the eye. And I'm not talking to the audience now. I'm talking to you. And I'm saying to you, is there is a storm in your life, not always this scenario. But if there is a storm, just maybe it is. Because there's a Jonah in your boat that you need to throw overboard. Pray about it. Deal with it. It might be a habit that is not of God. It might be a person that you're in unequally yoked with. Pray about it. Let God show you and deal with that Jonah before he deals with you. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10 and uh, verse 13. It says that if you today confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because with the heart, confession is, with the heart, you believe unto righteousness. But with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And then comes verse 13. Whoever, that's you, and the people that God sent you to, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, there, are, there is this path that we flee away from God, but that will become the highway back to God. God will send a ship, a fish, um, uh, mariners, whatever else. He will create circumstances to bring you back to God. Jonah's prayer in chapter number 2 speaks brilliantly to us. It is a faithful prayer. It is a word-based prayer. It is a prayer with praise on his lips. And God hears him. It is ironic that he wanted to run away from God. And now he's got to run back to God. You will always have to run back to God. You know that there is a man here inside of a fish. But inside of the man there is a book. Do you have the word of God on the inside of you? Do you have that? If you've not joined Bible school yet, you can join still now. Just contact us, dtc.littlefalls.co.za. Join the Bible school. Get the Word of God and pray word-based prayers. You might be in that watery grave today. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 and 9. You might feel hard-pressed on every side. Even you that are battling that terminal illness. Maybe you that are fighting that relational difficulty. Whatever it is, you're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. You're perplexed, but not in despair. You're persecuted, but not forsaken. You're struck down, but not destroyed. Get up, go, take the call of God, and go and do it for God. You have maybe reached the bottom of your pit. There's one thing good about it. You cannot fall any lower. We see here, later on in chapter number 3, 
that uh, God said to him, Arise. And this time he goes. And he prophesies to that city and he says, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. The word overthrown here in the Hebrew is actually overturned. It does not necessarily mean destroyed. It means destroyed or made new. So they repented. Imagine this. 120,000 people in sackcloth and ash stopping their wicked deeds. South Africa needs this. South Africa needs to hear what God is saying to us, that we should repent and that we should come to the Lord. You know that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and we believe in our hearts, we'll be saved. South Africa needs to get to that place. Jonah chapter number 4 in closing. We see here that now he's unhappy about what God did for these people. And God said, you are unhappy because I saved a whole city with all its inhabitants? And you moan about a plant that you didn't even create? You know, Jonah became so comfortable. Maybe that is the problem with us. It's like Pastor George said, are we on a cruise ship or are we in a fishing boat? I close with this. You know, there was a man. His name was Iosep Bessarionis de Yugoslavi. This is a terrible name. But Iosep Yugoshvili, rather, he was born in December the 18th of, the, um, of uh, 1878. His mother was an amazing woman. She was a Christian woman. She had the discernment. She saw that her son had a call of God on his life. He was a strong-willed person. And she said to him, I'm going to send you to seminary, my boy. I'm going to have you uh, trained up as a pastor. You're going to shake the world for Jesus. And he went to seminary. But not long afterward, he started arguing with the lecturers. And eventually, he dropped out of the seminary, and he started changing his life. This man changed even his name, Iosip. He changed it to Joseph. And his surname, Yugashvili. He changed it and he said, I want my surname to be strong, something like rock or steel. And Joseph changed his surname to Stalin, meaning steel. Joseph Stalin started out with a call of God and a commission probably to go and make a difference in the world. But instead of running to God and taking up the call of God, he ran in the opposite direction. And he ended up, this is tragic, for the death, responsible for the death of up to 45 million people or more. My brother and sister, imagine if those 45 million people or more that was affected negatively because of a disobedient person was affected positively because of it. What are we going to choose today? Am I going to take up the Great Commission once and for all and say, Father, here am I, send me. Or am I going to be like Jonah and take the comfortable road and sit on the cruise ship and just sip my drinks and enjoy my entertainment? It's time to report for duty and to say, here am I, Lord, send me. Never run away from God.
run to Him, and He will bring blessing, not only to you, but to everybody with you on your journey. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you. You've spoken. Lord, you've spoken into our spirit. We looked at the book of Jonah, and I know one thing. It's challenging. But if we obey, it's so rewarding. Bless every hearer in Jesus' name. And we thank you now, Lord. Everybody say, Amen. Enjoy the Little Fools Band as they now play out for us. What a blessing they are. Bless you in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.